Drywall's connection with this. All right. <clears throat> I, uh, I want to talk to you this morning. I want to start off, uh, you know, we've started into this series, uh, you know, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is. Um, and I want to make sure you understand why uh, you know, we're here and why we're dealing with this. Uh, and one of the things about this, we, I believe, we misunderstand the Spirit of God and what the Spirit of God is here to do. Uh, let me kind of give you this, okay? The Spirit of God is not something that He wants us to have that just simply comes in and gives us goosebumps whenever, uh, you know, whenever exciting things happen and, and have the hair on our arms or on the back of our neck to stand up. That is not what the Holy Spirit is here for. The Holy Spirit is here to give us power. The Holy Spirit is a powerful entity. It is part of God that He gives to us. But I want you to kind of understand and figure something out here. Because whenever we look at 1 Corinthians and we look at chapter 12, there's some things in here that gives us this understanding. Now, Paul is talking about the gifts that the Spirit gives to us. Do you realize that one of the gifts that the Spirit gives to us is healing? Now, can someone give you the power and the ability to heal someone? The Spirit gives us the gift to prophesy. So in other words, it gives us the gift to talk about something that is going to happen in the future. The Spirit of God is not something that is meek. The Spirit of God is something that gives us power in our lives. The Spirit of God, Dalek, and to clean him up. It takes and it gives us the power for a um, uh, you know for someone on drugs and to clean them up. It takes the or it has the power to take a prostitute and make them clean and whole again. It takes it has the power to take the most corrupt person in this world and to clean them up and to make them whole. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the spirit that I am talking about. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, and I, I got to turn. What did we talk about last week? The Holy Spirit gives us freedom. You remember? Gives us freedom to belong. Gives us freedom to follow. This week, the Spirit of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a call. There is a call. Now, these are not in the notes, so don't search for them. Because as I rode the motorcycle with Peggy Friday, and as I thought about things yesterday, uh, you know, I sat there and I, I was like, I was like, okay, wait a minute, God, there, there's more to this, uh, you know, because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's a call where the spirit of the Lord is. He is calling someone to be generous to others where the spirit of the Lord is. He's calling someone to be hospitable to others where the spirit of the Lord is. He is calling someone, remember this is not in my notes, to open up their wallets and to dig a little deeper because he has already blessed them with the ability to give more than others. And it's not just because we have those extra expenditures. I just, I'm just looking, I only have two dollars. 
I'm now hoping somebody brings me to lunch. No, I'm kidding. But you see, there's a lot of, the th- there's a lot of things that the Spirit calls us, and calls us to do. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, we have this lovely picture where Isaiah has this vision. And in this vision, we see that Isaiah is taken and he sees the temple where God is. And you remember this, Jesus is there and he is highly lifted up on a throne and his train fills the temple. And there's two seraphim, you know, they're hollering back, you know, hollering back you know, to one another. And they're saying, holy, holy is he, God Almighty, the ruler of heaven's army. And they're screaming so loud that the foundation of the temple is being shook. And Isaiah says, woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. In other words, I am a sinful man, and I live amongst sinful people. I'm doomed because I have seen the king of kings. The seraphim flies and picks up a coal. Now, can you imagine how hot that coal might have been because he had to use tongs to pick it up? An angel had to use tongs to pick it up. He touched his lips and the angel said, now your lips are cleansed. And then it says, your sin is forgiven. And then the scripture goes in and you hear Jesus talking and it says, Then the Lord asked, Whom shall I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? Isaiah says, Here I am, send me. And then the Lord said, Go. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is a call on our lives. (laughs) There's a call For all unclean, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We're all unclean. But wait a minute. Isaiah, a prophet, a man of God, standing in his presence. It was me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Do you see? Regardless of your relationship, regardless of your walk, if you're in the presence of God Almighty, oh, whoa, is me. There should never come a point in time in our lives that we feel comfortable standing in front of God Almighty because He and He alone is holy. We, regardless of where we are, are unworthy. We are all unclean. See there in verse 5 is where we, we get this. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a call to the unclean. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, we all need cleansing. We all need it. His lips were touched by the fiery coals. Not only was his lips cleansed, but his sin was forgiven. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is. See, our guilt and our sin can only be removed from the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross for us. Believing in Jesus Christ as the one and only Son of God and asking Him to come into our lives and forgive us of our sins is the only way that we can be cleansed. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, 
there is a call. In John chapter 6, verse 44, we find these words. It says, For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And, the, and, and at the last day, I will rise, raise them up. See, this indicates that there is absolutely no way that we can have forgiveness of our sins unless God draws us to Him. How does God draw us to Him today? He draws us through Scripture and through His Spirit. So what does that tell us? That gives us this idea that for us, that sitting here in this audience today, that if you have never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and you do not feel the drawing of the Holy Spirit to ask for forgiveness, and you come to this altar, and you ask for forgiveness, you will not receive it. Does that scare some of us? Is there a misunderstanding of John chapter 6, verse 44? I've watched it as a youth pastor. I've witnessed one youth come down to the altar, 50 show up. One praying earnestly because they've been drawn by the Spirit. The other one because their girlfriend just went up to the front or their boyfriend to the front. I feel I might have lost y'all on that. We cannot come to the Lord whenever we want to. Just because we hear a message and we see other people responding to them, does that mean that we can respond to the message? Scripture also tells us that there are those that are chosen, those that are not. Now, I don't want to get into the once saved, always saved, and I don't want to get into this fact that uh, you know, that you can go and live the life that you want to live. And if you're one of the chosen ones, that you're chosen regardless of how you live your life. We still have to choose to respond to the call that the Spirit or that God puts on our lives. But He's got to be doing the drawing. There's, there's two parts to this. We, we have to come to an understanding that we are totally, completely deprived. And there is absolutely no way that we can have salvation without the drawing of the Holy Spirit and without the blood of Jesus Christ poured out upon our lives because we have accepted Him as the one and only Son of God and that we have asked for His forgiveness to come into our hearts and lives and live there. We've got to come to that understanding. That is salvation at its basis. It's not my way. It's got to be His way. Then we also have to have this understanding that God wants to be Lord of our lives. Do you get it? There's a difference in between just simply salvation and Him being our Lord. I've had someone not too long ago explain it to me this way, and I really like it. I hope you kind of grab a hold to this. Salvation is whenever we get all of Jesus. Sanctification is whenever Jesus gets all of us. He begins to lead our lives. He becomes the Lord of our life. He is the one that controls and that does or that we do all the things through Him. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a call. And there's a call to salvation, but there's also a call to sanctification. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a call. First Peter chapter one or first Peter chapter two, verse nine. 
It says, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the good news of God. For he called you out of the darkness and into the wonderful light. So there's a call that he has on our lives. And the call that he has on our lives in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 is for us to come out of the darkness and walk into the light. So where there's a call, there's a call for us to come out of the darkness and to live in the light. It was just three weeks ago in chapter 3 of John where Jesus had the discussion with Nicodemus. And you remember... Nicodemus didn't ask Jesus a question, but, Nicod- but Jesus told Nicodemus how you can get to heaven. And you remember, it's because Nicodemus had said previously that they knew that Jesus was there to teach them something. So Jesus said, this is what I'm here to teach you. I am to teach you how to get to heaven. Nicodemus didn't understand that. So then he talks about the water birth and the spiritual birth. Nicodemus still didn't understand that. So then Jesus takes it to his basis and it says in 21 of chapter 3 that you must walk in the light. So you get it? For us to get to heaven, we have to walk in the light. For us to walk in the light, we have to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have to have experienced the salvation that we're all called to. But then it has to go further on that he has to rule our lives and Lord and be the Lord of our lives. And we have to be sanctified so that the Spirit is living within us so that we have the ability to be holy as God is holy. We've got to walk in the light. So we are called to walk into the light. Man, I was a whole lot more excited than this whenever I was putting this on paper. Wow. John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. That's Jesus Christ living in us. He is calling us out of the world that we're supposed to walk in the light. We're supposed to live in the light. How do we live in the light? Through the Holy Spirit. By being generous to others. By being hospitable to others. By being encouraging to others. By uplifting one another. By loving people the way that the world doesn't understand. Again, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a call. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. For God saved us, called us to live a holy life. He did what? He saved us, and then He called us to live a holy life. He saved us, and then He called us to live a life Walking in the light. And Jesus Christ is the light. He's called us to do this. He did this 
not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan from before beginning of time to show us His grace through Jesus Christ. To show us how much He loved us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Before anything began, before He made dirt. That reminds me of that joke that I told y'all. Y'all remember it? Y'all, y'all, okay. I'm going to interrupt just a little bit. Andrew, are you with me on these slides? No, you're not. Oh, he is? Oh, okay. Okay, good, good. So there's this group of scientists that come together and they're, they're talking about all the accomplishments that they've done. And they're like, you know, we can, we can duplicate DNA. Uh, you, know, we can, uh, you know, we can actually manipulate a sheep and a goat. He said, we don't need God anymore. So they picked one of the scientists to go and talk to God. How would you have liked to have been that scientist? He goes up and he says, God, I need to have a conversation with you. Okay, what you need? He said, well, you know, group of our friends and I, you know, we got together and we, we decided that we're smart enough now and we don't need you anymore. He says, oh, you don't? He said, yeah. He said, we have all of this. You know, I said, okay. He said, well, why don't we try something? The scientist kind of paused for a moment. He's like, well, you know, we're, we're pretty smart. We got all this stuff here. We think we can do this. And God said, okay, I, w- I want to challenge you with something. He said, I want you to make man. Make man in, in, the, in the way that I made man. The scientist said, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. And then God looked at him and said, by the way, you need to get your own dirt. He made it all. See, he's calling us. We, his people, we have us. So what's that purpose? Tells us right there. He's called us to live a holy life. Mark chapter 16 verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creations. Hmm. Live the gospel. Be the gospel to this lost and dying world. Live a life walking In the light, in front of everybody that you ever meet. And if you have the opportunity, speak the gospel. Speak the story of Jesus Christ. Speak that story of Jesus Christ in your life. Because without Him living in our lives, there's absolutely, positively no way that we can walk in the light. Because He is light. Amen? As Robbie comes up. See, I started off this morning telling you about the power of the Spirit. I think some of us, I think some of us need a dose of the power of the Spirit. And I don't know how this could ever happen, but I don't know how we could have the Holy Spirit and not have the power of the Holy Spirit. But I believe that the Holy Spirit's living in lives here, but we're refusing to allow its power to actually change us and to affect our lives. Because if we listen to the scripture, it says that there are some that are called to be healers. There are some that are called and that are given the gift to speak prophecy. There are some that are called to be encouragers. And we can't be those without the power.
there's some that has been given the gift to speak unknown tongues. It's Scripture. There are people that have been given the gift to interpret those unknown tongues. The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of God living in us. Let us stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Because this morning we are talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. The power to come into your life and to change it from what it is now. The power to come into your life to give you the strength to do something that God has truly called you to do. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you want to come and receive the power of the Holy Spirit this morning, we know the Holy Spirit's here. All you have to do is come and ask. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the words that you have given to us this morning. God, I thank you for all that you do for us. God, you are our everything. In Jesus' name, amen.